everyone. This is Rose and welcome to my office. So I've noticed the last audio recording that I did for my office. You could definitely hear my chair moving every single time that I moved my chair. So try and just sit still for y'all today. So if anyone has just went out on a night on the town and woken up in their ex's house, this is the episode for you. Because that is exactly what I did this morning. Woke up in my ex's bed, just thinking, how the fuck do I always end up here? (laughs) How does this happen? (laughs) Oh, good Lord. So last night, I went out, and I'm just... It's as if I'm not happy unless I'm doing something wrong. Like, that's just the kind of person that I am. When I'm up to no good is when I'm, like, the giggliest and the happiest. It's pretty funny. But last night, I was in the mood for some mischief. So I went out and I drank a four loco, which if you know what a four loco is, and if you pound, if you've ever pounded a four loco, you're going to black out. Like you're going to do some things that four loco you and regular you would disagree over (laughs) four loco. You four loco Rose was like, hell yeah. Call your ex. Just see what he's doing. Just maybe he'll pop in there just for a minute. Regular Rose was like, bitch, Stop calling your ex-boyfriend. Oh, <laughs> uh, no. So yesterday, let me tell you a little bit about this guy. So I'm not going to use his name, but whatever. Fuck it. His name is Tom. So <laughs> so Tom and I, he's 59. We dated for just a little over half a year. And this was a while ago. This was about, this was, we broke up right before I met Sexton. So, we saw each other for several months, Tom and I. It, was, it started out all sweet. Actually, we met because he was working in the GMC dealership. Because at the time, I had a GMC terrain. And I used to just pop my tires all the time, just hitting curbs. <laughs> so, one day, I walked into the GMC dealership. And I was carrying my tire that was shredded from driving on it. <laughs> it was flat. And... I, he was the first person I saw. He came out and greeted me. He's big, six foot three, built like a brick shed house, just how I like him. We're clearly very active, clearly worked out a lot. Big arms, you know, handsome, sexy, nice big chest. And a uh, little, little facial hair action. The classic Houston, I'm over 45, so I have a goatee. That, that situation. <laughs> anyway, so at the dealership, he was wearing all black, which he just looked like. Mmm, Johnny Cash, y'all, but sexy. He looks so good. And so I was asking his receptionist, I'm like, who is that guy? What's his deal? You know, like, let me, tell me about that daddy and what's going on with him, you know? She goes, well, he's looking for Mrs. Wright, which turned out to be me, (laughs) y'all. I went in and I called him later that day when I got home. And I got his number, his personal number, and I said, hey, you know, you you should take me out dancing sometime. And he did, he did. That week he took me out dancing and it was all history from there. So at first it was really nice. We went out dancing that night and the first date I was like, well, take me home. And he was trying to like warn me. He's like, I don't know. That's not really a good idea. And I was like, well, what? We'll just get it off your chest, you know? So he explained to me, Tom did, that Tom had prostate cancer a few years back. Before we met, this was two years before I met him. 
And he said, he's like, I had, I had prostate cancer, so I had my prostate removed. And he's like, shit's a little different down there, you know? And I was like, okay. I didn't really think much. Any, I didn't think anything of it, you know? And then we went back to his place. We had sex. I mean, it was fine. It's not like it was perfect, but it was okay. Acceptable, you know? And he was sexy. That does it for me. I'm more of a sapiosexual, like what's going on in your brain. I'm very a mental person when it comes to sex, so... If I've decided that you're going to be the thing that does it for me, then you're going to be the thing that does it for me, I guess. So anyway, he was it. And uh, we we wound up seeing each other. He was so sweet at first. He has like a nice big pool in his backyard, had his own house, paid off, and a really good job. And I know he makes at least like $100,000 a year. So I was like, okay, win, win, win. He used to make me breakfast tacos, be all sweet, be all nice in the mornings. Well, boy, did that shit take a turn for the worst. After Tom and I saw each other for about three or four months, he started to kind of scare me sometimes. He would get violent with me. He would, he's the only person that's ever done this to me. He would shake me. He would pick me up on my shoulders and he would shake me. And then he would throw me on the kitchen floor. Shit like that. Just... And he would say, if you don't like it, then leave. I remember there were several times when I ran out of his house, even butt-ass naked sometimes, just trying to get the fuck out of there because he would scare me so bad. And he would grab me so hard and, like I said, shake me. It was crazy. And so we went. he then, after about five or six months into the relationship, as if that wasn't bad enough, he started to be more honest about his coke habit that he clearly had. He used to do a lot of cocaine, a lot of drugs. And we used to take these trips together. Like we took this one trip together. We went to float the Guadalupe river in New Braunfels. It was gorgeous. It was an amazing trip, a great time. We had, we rented out like this haunted house on the river and just had a lot of fun. There was nothing wrong. I mean, he always, he always used to kind of scare the shit out of me, but (laughs) I kind of liked that. I don't want to be with a man who I think I could physically overpower. Because then you're just a woman. <laughs> you know? Like Saxton. <clears throat> I'm calling you out, beach. But anyway, so Tom, he was always big and sexy. And one time, we took another little trip to Fort Worth. We went to the stockyards near Dallas. And he showed me Joe T. Garcia's. It's a beautiful Mexican restaurant with flowers inside. It's just a really botanical kind of garden-y looking place. Excellent food. Great margaritas. We got fucked up in Fort Worth. We got fucked up. We were doing coke. And drinking all day heavily. We went to Billy Bob's. And if you know what Billy Bob's is, it's like a honky-tonk. Like the honky-tonk. We went to see Josh Turner for like two songs before Tom ruined it and made me leave and drug me out of there practically by my fucking hair. We got into a huge fight about who knows. We were all fucked up. And he wound up leaving me there. He left me in the stockyards in the middle of the night and then kicked me out of the hotel room. And it was crazy. He was, like, pounding on the door. I was fucking screaming. They got they were calling the cops. It was wild, y'all. So I was just walking through the stockyards. It was, like, 3 in the morning at this point by myself, carrying a half-drunk bottle of Jack Daniels and my boots. It must have been the most redneck shit in the world. And then three ladies, I'll never forget these ladies. They were in an Uber, three ladies from El Paso. They rolled down the window, and they're like, are you okay? I was like, no, I'm not O-fucking-K, you know? Like, I was crying. Shit was crazy. I was like, no, I'm not okay. So they picked me up and took me back to their hotel room, which was awesome. Thank God for those ladies. They're so sweet. I called my mom and dad in Houston. And I was like, 
help, you know? So my mom and dad came out in the middle of the night, came and got me, saved me again from one of these men. (laughs) But that was the worst. That's the scariest encounter I've ever had. So now that you know our history, you know that I cannot fucking believe myself when I woke up in his bed this morning. (laughs) Like, why? He was always such a sweetie, really like, really amazing back rubs, really sexy guy. But goddamn, he was fucking crazy. So crazy. I don't know why I'm addicted to crazy, crazy ass men, but they just do it for me, I guess. (laughs) Anyway, so, and it's not the first time this has happened. We've been broken up for well over a year now. Well, about a year now, actually. And then it's like the second or third time that I woke up at his house. Like, fuck. (laughs) Again. (laughs) Like, I think the reason I always go back to Tom is because I just know that nobody else is going to fucking be there. I know that he's always available because of his issues. And I think that the prostate cancer really got into his head and made him really self-conscious. It's, I mean, it's done wonders for the rest of his body because, like I said, he works out really hardcore every day. And so he has an amazing body. I mean, amazing body. Thank God. But, no, I mean, I do, I've always found him attractive and sweet. But I'm just not going to dive back into that relationship. I just can't do that to myself again. It would be so fucking crazy if I did. He's always sweet at first this morning. He was making breakfast tacos like he used to. And I was just sitting there looking at him. I go, you know, I'll never forget, Miss Tom, but it's... In the beginning, it's always sweet. It's always fun and games for you. And then, you know, three months later, you're shaking me to death and throwing me on your kitchen floor. (laughs) Fuck you, dude. And he just kind of giggled like, teehee. Like, no, you're not cute anymore. You're you're almost 60. (laughs) What are you doing? But, oh, and I met his kids one time. Oh, my God. So he had them over. He used to do meatball madness at his house. So he had his kids over for dinner one night. And his girls... Which are my fucking age, by the way. Like, literally, the oldest one is pretty much my age. Maybe a year or two younger than me. And then the youngest one is, I think, like, 19 or 20. But either way, his ex-wife was calling him, like, what the fuck? (laughs) I can't believe you're with a girl that's your daughter's age, you know. But whatever. He likes what he likes. There's no doubt about that. So do I, y'all. I like what I like. So, basically, (laughs) coming back, ta-da! And it is getting smaller every day. I swear to God, I run into people that I never want to see again. It's happened a few times. It used to happen to me a lot more in Seattle, but, yeah, no. Houston is, it is an enigma, y'all. Bit of a labyrinth if you're unfamiliar with the streets. You're going to get lost, but. So, that's it. Oh, shit. I just realized I have a dick appointment and a job interview tomorrow. (laughs) No. I overbooked myself. Okay. Well, the dick is definitely more important. So fuck that job. (laughs) Somebody's got to make me come. Okay. I'm doing all this work all over town. Nobody's working on me. Okay. And in the words of my old boss from the country club that I had a fling with, he goes, maybe if somebody would take care of you every now and then. He used to spit because he used to dip. He used to say, maybe you wouldn't be such a bitch all the time. And I'm like, you know, you're fucking right about that. Maybe if somebody took care of me every now and then, I wouldn't be such a raging cunt. But, hey, you get what you get. (laughs) 
Oh, Lord. All right. Well, I'm going to go about my day. Thanks for tuning in, y'all. Thanks for listening. I'll let you know how the job interview slash dick appointment went tomorrow. And I'll talk to you guys then. All right. Love you guys. Rose out. I mean, who really thought? I don't know what I was thinking. I knew that was going to happen. Absolutely amazing. I amaze myself sometimes. But, yeah. So, back with Tom. Mr. Tom. Tomcat. He's so crazy. He's texting me again this morning. Like, we're not back together, dude. You know, I don't care how your day is. Whatever. Killing me. As if I don't already have enough dicks in my salad. As if I needed one more. And his dick game isn't that great, y'all. It's kind of like semi-soft, if you know what I'm saying. (laughs) And to men who are experiencing going through prostate cancer, one in nine men experience it, as I've said before. And... It's nothing to be ashamed of, but I think that no one talks openly enough about it. Like, so let's talk about Tom's dick. (laughs) He can get an erection, but it's not like an erection. It's not like a young man's, you know, like there's no, it's like, hey, we're here. We're here to party as long as it's not too tight. (laughs) Which is funny, but no. And he says he does have orgasms. Like he said, it feels like he's coming, but there's no, there's nothing coming out, you know? So he also has issues with incontinence, which we don't really talk about. He wears these little, like, pad things in his underwear, whatever. And I know he's super self-conscious about it. But, I mean, if you have medical issues, that's different. My mother used to always say, like, oh, I wish the worst for him, but God already did the worst to him. I mean, the worst thing you can do to a fuck boy is take his dick away. <laughs> oh, Lord, I'm just saying. So, yes. Tom, Tom, Tom. And me, what the fuck am I doing? <laughs> Why do I keep taking all these steps back? It just made me feel good for the night. And it was nice to be held by somebody, you know. He's got those big, strong arms just wrap me up. Love it. <laughs> I'm, I have a vague memory of trying to go swimming in his pool last night. That just did not happen. <laughs> Skinny dipping, y'all. But no, he is very sexy. And I just need to leave, leave him where he lies. Just helping my little midnight boyfriend every now and then when I really, really need one. But no. And then I told my Cajun boo this morning, I texted him. I said, Daddy, I was a bad girl last night. He's like, how bad? I was like, wake up at your, in your ex-boyfriend's bed bad. And he's just like, that fucker. <laughs> he's like, I'm so jealous. You know, it was just really funny. <clears> oh, <throat> I can tell my quote-unquote boyfriend that I cheated on him with my ex-boyfriend. It makes him want me more. He's like, well, I can't wait to see you tomorrow. He's like, you know, I'm going to give you that spanking that you need or whatever. I'm just like, oh, wow. I do deserve it. <laughs> uh, anyway, we just have a weird relationship, y'all. <laughs> it's as open as you can possibly have a relationship. You fuck whoever you want, honey love, and I'll do me, but... At the end of the day, there's no jealousy between us. And I got to quit saying that. I've been listening to my podcast. I've noticed I say that all the time, quote unquote, at the end of the day. Yeah, no shit. (laughs) No, but it's true. There's no hard feelings ever. When I was telling him, he goes, you know, I wish I could be with you right now. I know. (laughs) But you have to work, honey. Somebody has to work. Somebody's got to pay the fucking bills. But, yes. So right now, actually, speaking of paying the bills, I have a job interview tomorrow kind of excited for it we'll see it's for some marketing group and go be like an executive assistant 
I don't know if I feel like doing it or not. We'll see. And like I said, I do have my own business, so I don't need this job. But to sit in an air-conditioned office all day and eat salad and answer phones, fuck yeah, I can do that. Hell yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. And I'll be that much closer to Memorial Park because this is actually downtown. But this office building is actually right down the street from Saxton's house. So I'm just like, fuck. <laughs> you know, like, we know we're going to fucking run into each other. You can't work and live within half a square mile of somebody and not see them. I mean, hopefully you can. Houston is 